Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Once again, welcome to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, It is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. And, of course, the program repeats those same days at 10 o'clock at night, coming to you on our network of domestic church media radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but also going around the world on all of our media platforms, our streaming audio, our mobile app, Uh, The Amazon Alexa or Google Home devices, all you have to do is say play domestic church media. Also today, if you're listening at 4.01 on this May 19th, 2020, coming to you live video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Also live video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media. And live video streaming on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. Using all of these means of communications, my friends, to get the Word of God out to potentially millions and millions of souls every day. What a great mission this is, and I'm so happy and and honored to partner with you in such a special way, you, our domestic church media family of listeners and viewers. So welcome to the program. We start a new week together uh, on the heels of yesterday's uh, celebration of the 100th anniversary of the birth of St. Pope John Paul II. And so in honor of that, since I wasn't with you yesterday uh, with this program, of course, Bruce was here at 3 o'clock. But today, sharing with you some of uh, our Holy Father's teaching over the weekend about St. Pope John Paul. You know, he celebrated Holy Mass at St. Pope John Paul's tomb in St. Peter's Basilica, which, by the way, is now open again over there in Rome. That's great. But he celebrated Mass yesterday at the tomb of St. John Paul, and uh, whenever I am blessed enough to be able to get over to Rome, one of the first places I love to go is just go sit in front of that tomb. Ah, it's like I sit there, and you know the, John, the, 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 the body of John Paul, too, is, is entombed right there. Uh, as soon as you walk in the basilica, uh, on the right-hand side, there's the, the beautiful Pietà, Michelangelo's Pietà, and the next little uh, section over is the tomb of St. John Paul II. And then, of course, next to that is the Adoration Chapel, beautiful Adoration. And all that's opening up. It opened up today. Hey, praise God for that, right? Uh, St. Peter's Basilica is open once again in Rome. Things are opening up over there. Uh, not Too bad we can't say the same thing for <laughs> here in, in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Oh, mamma mia. Anyway, uh, let's have a joyous day. It's still the Easter season. Of course, it's uh, Thursday, Ascension Thursday, which because of our current situation is being celebrated on Sunday, uh, and then uh, a week from Sunday, the great uh, Feast of uh, Pentecost, and uh, just beautiful times, even though it's an unusual time, 
uh, our liturgies are the same, and we are celebrating and rejoicing in the risen Lord. So, um, anyway, let's let's pray first. And uh, again, my friends, I, I, I and on behalf of Bruce, uh, I want to again thank all of you who uh, called in yesterday and sent your prayer requests in, texted your prayer requests in. It's such a wonderful way for us to be so united. You know, uh, the the current uh, situation is requiring people to be isolated and um, separated and distanced. But I think what, what we're finding out, and we found out during this time of quarantine and isolation, that the apostolate here that we are so humbled to be um, part of uh, is able to unite us and, and keep you, our listeners and our viewers, in a special way connected to the church, kind of like a lifeline. And I have to, again, thank all of you who are continuing to support us. You know, I, I mentioned to you at the beginning of this month that we were hoping to raise at least $25,000 this month, because that's what it costs us. We don't want to, you know, we, we, we love to just break even. If we get a little extra, that's great. We put it toward the next month. But but it, it costs $25,000 a month to operate the entire apostolate, the radio stations, the media, everything that we do, 25000 We are now uh, close to 18000 for the month. So just keep praying that we can raise at least another 7000 between now and the end of the month, that'll bring us to 25000 for May. And then we have to start all over again in June because we need this apostolate. As I said, it's, like a, it's a lifeline for so many people. And I'm receiving such lovely, lovely notes and cards and emails uh, on a regular basis from you. Um, and again, n- nothing for us and our sake or any merit of our own. We're just the stewards of the apostolate. But to know that the Lord is working through this apostolic work to keep you connected to our church. So let's thank God for that in our prayer uh, for all the other intentions that we have. Uh, we'll ask you please to continue to pray for our friend Maria, a suffering servant, our young friend who is still uh, suffering from the tumor on her brain stem. But I, I do believe, my brothers and sisters, that the Lord is asking her at this point in, in her life uh, to be a suffering servant for the Lord and for the church. And so... And I know she she takes that on very seriously. She's in a very deep communication, I believe, with the Lord in a special way that is 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 beyond what, what most people have. And I can't explain it. You have to go and read about the, the, the role and the mission and the apostolate, really, of, of suffering servants in the course of our church's history. And I do believe, my own personal opinion and feeling, is that our young friend Maria is right now in that vocation. Um, so let's keep praying for her. We're praying for the miracle. And we know that these times are very difficult, obviously, for her, and probably even more so for her parents and her family. I think Maria, in her her own spirituality, has is understanding, by God's grace, what he is asking of her right now. And her family is, too. But I think, as I said, she's on a on a level beyond what most people experience in that unity with Christ in her own suffering. Uh, so let's keep praying for her and her family, uh, as I've asked you to do. But please pray for our president. Uh, you know, you know, we just got to pray for the one upon whose shoulders the entire situation rests, as the president and all those who advise him and all those in 
uh, political office. And let's remember that these elected officials uh, are there working for us, not the other way around. Okay, They work for us. They're there to represent us. This is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And so let's keep praying for these officials in these positions of power that they understand that. And that, again, by God's grace, they are, are guided and led by the Holy Spirit. For all these intentions, my friends, all the intentions you have in your heart right now, let's raise them up together wherever you are, we're united. You know, I could be sitting right next to you in your home, your kitchen, wherever you are. I'm not contagious over these airwaves. <laughs> so we can be so united. And no government and, and no official, no mandate, no, no, no governor's order can separate us. Uh, we're here. We're together. We're united and, and, and so strongly in prayer. So let's raise these prayers up right now. We're praying the prayer that our Holy Father, Pope Francis, composed specifically for this month, asked us to pray it after our rosary um, and uh, our other prayers we'll pray. So let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in this present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you. Mother of God and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid the coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son as you did at Cana so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, volunteers who are on the front lines of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic effort and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who, in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel, are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders that, with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity, they may come to the aid of those lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume to its normal course. 
To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. And we'll pray the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast him to hell, Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the Subtum Presidium prayer, our Holy Father asks both the St. Michael prayer and this prayer to our Blessed Mother, to pray to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my brothers and sisters, you know, I encourage you uh, to keep those prayer requests coming in. As I said, we thank you for yesterday's response to Bruce's uh, program. You know, Bruce Tobacco is here every first and third Monday for Come to the Throne, where we open the airwaves for prayer. Uh, and uh, we're always so excited. I know Bruce especially, um, when you call in and pray with him or text us, email us, here during the program so he can pray for you and your special intentions. And uh, Bruce will be back on the first Monday of June, a couple of weeks from now. But uh, in the meantime, I, again, I encourage you, please keep sending those prayer requests in because uh, a few things. I I've personally take them to prayer here at the Apostolate uh, in the morning and evening, in my morning and evening prayer in our chapel here before the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, then, of course, when Bruce comes for his program, I share them with him as well. And uh, they continue, he and Linda, his wife, continue to pray for you and your intentions uh, between programs. So, uh, again, I think it's something that unites us so deeply here as members of the domestic church media family, and now especially where prayer is so important. You know, I've been saying since the very beginning, we need faith, not fear, prayer, not panic. And um, now as things begin to open up a little bit, most other states opening wider than than New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but um, uh, very very sad. I saw today. I was reading on um, the governor Governor Murphy's uh, um, recovery uh, plans and other under the Faith and Worship uh, Commission. Um, it said that public worship is still banned, and that's the word they used: banned. And I thought, very, very frightening because, you know, I think we all can, you all want to follow the guidelines that they give you. You want to do what they ask you to do. But I think after over two months now, uh, people are getting a little, I'll give you an example. I, I you know, I, I, I had a Saturday, I had to go to a, a little hardware store. I didn't, I didn't go to the big, the big box stores. I, I went to a little hardware store in our area and, um. Saturday when I walked in, the line leading up to the cashier, there were the people who were lined up six feet apart, but the aisle lining where they were lined up toward the cashier, the same aisle you had to go up to get to any other any other aisle to, to get what you want. And, and you know, as I was walking in, certainly they're six feet apart, but as you walk past them, you're basically bumping elbows. <laughs> so, 
and I, it didn't, it, I, it didn't make any sense to me. People have their masks on, and you're six feet apart, but you're, you're shoulder to shoulder and, 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 and brushing each other as you walk past them. And we don't have masks. And that's my point, is we don't have masks. And I know there's, you know, a lot of things people are considering, and we have to be careful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if, I guess for me personally, and I'm sure for most of you, you know, when you look at places like Lowe's and the Home Depot and the grocery stores and and this little hardware store I was in, these other quote-unquote essential businesses that are opened, um, why why not mass, which is the most important thing to me. It's the most essential so we got to keep praying. But when I saw that word today, when I was on the website and I saw the New Jersey recovery commissions and under the faith and, and worship commission, public worship is still banned. Banned, B-A-N-N-E-D. The public worship is banned. And that that's, well, you know, it, it kind of, and then I, I was, you know, for this morning's mass or today's mass, going over the readings and today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles is really one of my favorite. I, I, I make reference to this particular um, uh, um, this particular reading from from Scripture at various times during <laughs> during the year because I think it, to me it, it, I wish we were like this. I wish our church today was doing was just like this. This is what I mean when I say we look to the first century church for guidance and direction. If I may, just do today's first reading with you. Um, kind of feeling inspired now as I'm talking about this. You know, when you see the word public worship in New Jersey is banned until further notice, and then you read today's Acts of the Apostles, kind of put things put things in a in a in a perspective that makes you think. Gee, I, I'd almost rather be living in the first century than I, than I would right now, because of this type of situation and this type of zeal and unity with the Lord. But let, let's. this is from the, today's Acts of the Apostles. Now, the crowd in Philippi joined in the attack on Paul and Silas, and the magistrate had them stripped and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After inflicting many blows on them, they threw them into prison and instructed the jailer to guard them securely. When he received these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and secured their feet to a stake. So here, Paul and Silas, who uh, the governor, so to speak, is what the magistrate is, I suppose, or the mayor of that, to whatever, uh, orders them stripped and beaten with rods. Paul and Silas. Why? Because they were preaching Jesus Christ. That's why. And after inflicting many blows with these rods on Paul and Silas, remember they're stripped. They're, so there's... The the, the 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 rod itself being and they're being beaten with this rod on their on their their exposed flesh, then being thrown into prison, and the jailer putting them in the innermost cell and tied their feet to a stake. So you know it's the dirtiest, dankest, darkest, smelliest, rottenest location in this prison, probably rat infested. They're naked, having been beaten, bleeding feet tied to a stake, and this is the picture. Why? Because they preach Jesus. That's why. But then about midnight, and I love this, after all that, and this this isn't just a one-time instance, but Paul, Paul's been shipwrecked. He's been I mean, gone through all kinds of stuff. 
But about midnight, while Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, <laughs> after all that, they're still praying, and they're singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners listened. So they're still, in effect, preaching, aren't they? There was suddenly such a severe earthquake that the foundations of the jail shook. And all the doors flew open, and the chains of all were pulled loose. And when the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, thinking that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted out in a loud voice, Do no harm to yourself. We're all here. So even through all that, instead of letting the guard kill himself, Paul stopped him. Don't do that. We're all still here. Don't, don't fret. Don't panic. We're here. He asked for a light and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So just by their witness. You know, I'm sure while, the, while Paul and Silas were singing songs of hymns and praying, the guard heard all that. And, and, and This is what people can't figure out about Christians. They can't figure out, why are you so joyful? You know, some of the happiest people in the world, probably the, most, the happiest people in the world, are Christians who are worldly poor in very many ways. Whether it be through, through lack of goods or lack of, uh, of, of employment or lack of uh, health, if they have Christ, that's all they need. They're rich. It makes them not frivolously happy, but eternally joyful because they know that they're on the path to paradise, basically. And the world doesn't understand that. You see, the world will look at people like that and say, you're nuts. You're supposed to be miserable. Why are you so joyful? You're supposed to be miserable. Look at the condition you're in. Look at how you're living. Look at what you don't have compared to all that I have. You should be miserable. Why am I the one who's uh, upset and, and, and depressed and, 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 and on medication to keep me, you know, uh, oblivious to reality? So the guard, I'm sure, saw and heard all that, Paul and Silas in the prison after having, beaten, being, being, uh, having been beaten with rods and thrown in prison and, and tied to a stake and... Uh, but by their witness, the guard himself even was converted when he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you and your household will be saved. Did you ever think about that particular verse? Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you and your household will be saved. How many of us, my brothers and sisters, have members of our own household that have strayed from the faith, have become nominal in the practice of their faith, have left the church, and we pray for them every day, and we pray, and we pray their hearts and minds are open to the, to the truth and to the calling of the Lord 
we believe in the Lord Jesus. We believe in the saving power of Christ. And perhaps by our own prayers, perhaps by our own uh, belief in Christ himself and our, our, our desire to save the souls of those we love, that even they will be saved by our faithfulness. And the scripture says, So they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to everyone in his house. He took them in at that hour of the night and bathed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized at once. He brought them into his house and provided a meal and with his household rejoiced at having come to faith in God. I love this and, and again, it's today's reading, but it's um, Acts 16, 22 to 34. Acts 16, 22 to 34. In that one short reading, it sums up, in my mind anyway, the, the power of witness, the power of faith, the power of trust, the power of prayer, the power of joy, the power of belief in Christ. And all that that can do, not just for one individual, but even for those around him or her and those upon whom his or her witness has such a, a, a piercing effect. You know, I, 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 I still think as I sit here in the station every day and I pray and there's a lot to be done, you know, and it's basically just me. And Cheryl comes out and helps out every then. My sister will come in and do some clerical work for us, and we have uh, volunteers. But of course, we don't we don't see them because of the, the pandemic. So it's it's you know things are different. But I sit in our chapel with the Lord, and I'm I'm grateful and thankful for being blessed in such a way that I can do that. I can sit in this beautiful little chapel that we have here, before the Lord in the tabernacle in prayer. And understand the the importance of this apostolate, especially now, in the way that we are able to, as I said earlier, be kind of a lifeline. You know, because you know, I think in the beginning of this, a few months ago, um, we we all watched a lot more of the news, and and but I think right now we're all pretty tired of all that, the negativity, the the the, the, the dire reports, and I think we're all ready to say, you know what? I, I think people of faith. This is my own opinion, but I, I do think people of faith, people who have faith in the Lord, not that we're naive to the seriousness of, of the virus per se, but I think we understand the dependence on God that we all should have, that the Lord will see us through this. He will. And I'm not saying that, you know, you can disregard uh, you know the, the specific guidelines that we've been given, uh, but they're the, the main the main guidelines, the foundation of all the guidelines that we have been given, were basically common sense guidelines that our mothers taught us <laughs> about. You know, I remember Cheryl and I was saying this morning at breakfast. I said, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you come in from outside to have lunch or dinner. Your mom would say, "Wash your hands before you eat." That was just normal thing. Wash your hands before you eat. For in my house, and I'm sure most houses were that way. But we also played out in the dirt. <laughs> we also drank from hoses out in the, on the side of the house. You know, we, we I, I've, I've told you, and, and uh, 
Some people don't believe it, but it's true that I do remember as a as a young person, my mom would be at the kitchen counter making meatballs and would literally take a piece of raw chopped meat and put it in my mouth. Here, eat this. <laughs> raw chopped meat. And I think our bodies built up some kind of, you know, super immunity after all that because we were exposed to so much of this stuff. And now, unfortunately, people are, are isolating themselves and, you know, you can let your immune system work a little bit. Got to exercise it. <laughs> let it build up these immunities to things. I don't know. I just, I just think the people of faith are just a little bit more at ease and we're more frustrated in, 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 about getting back to normal than I think people who, who, who are afraid to die. And not that we are all looking to die, but you know, I think most people in, of faith will say, you know what, I know it's going to happen, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my darndest to be ready for it. Because it's inevitable. We're all going to die. No matter what we die, we're going to die. So uh, let's, let's, let's enjoy the life the Lord gives us. You know, God didn't create um, this pandemic. He allowed it to happen, but always to bring about a greater good. What that greater good is, many greater goods, I'm sure, occurring around uh, that we all can identify here, there, or somewhere. But let's go back to this first reading and, and say this is what our church should be today. If we are being persecuted, if they're banning our public worship, we still give witness. If they are persecuting us, if they are spiritually jailing us and tying our feet to a stake, we can still sing songs and pray and hymns of praise and give witness to those who persecute us. There's a lot happening right now, I believe, spiritually that will bring about much greater good. I also think that we're seeing parts of our culture being exposed for what it truly is in, in its way of, of uh, suppressing the Word of God, suppressing the practice of our faith. But we'll put it in God's hands. Let's rejoice. Like, let's take our example from Paul and Silas today and rejoice, pray, sing songs of praise, even in persecution. All right, I'll take a break when I get back. I had so much John Paul II stuff today, but we'll see where the Lord leads us. It's all here, and uh, I'm not going anywhere, so you come back. I'll be with you in just a few minutes. America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. I don't know if news is news anymore. Do you think it is? When you hear that they're going to clone a human being, you know it's hard enough to put up with some people, let alone two of them. <laughs> we seem to uh, glorify sin, grievous sin these days. You see, but we say that the sin is worth it to do good. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? The abortion clinics sell the little fetus six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece. First, we murder the child, and then we sell it. For what? Oh, but it's going to cure an old woman. Well, you just killed a young one. To love is the best gift of all. Bye now. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this uh, breezy or blustery, windy outside uh, May 19th, 2020. Uh, I guess this is the effect or the side effects of uh, that storm that was uh, was Tropical Storm Arthur that was blowing off the uh, East Coast there and now has gone out to sea. Uh, yeah, and thanks be to God for that. It went out even farther than they thought it would, so that saved us uh, some torrential rains and things, I suppose. So, anyway, happy to have you here, my friends. And um, as I said yesterday, as you know, was the 100th anniversary of the birth 
of St. Pope John Paul II, born 100 years ago uh, in 1920 uh, on May 18th. And uh, so I want to share with you, I had a few things here, and I think I'm going to save the uh, one of them. Um, this was, uh, I don't know where I put it, but it's here. But it was a beautiful little, little um, uh, homily that Pope John Paul II gave to First Holy Communion children, children who were preparing to receive their First Holy Communion when he visited Poland in one of his pastoral visits during his pontificate. But I, I'm going to save that. I'll, I'll hold it off maybe to Thursday. Um, but over the weekend, uh, Holy Father Pope Francis did give a couple of, in his, both Regina Celi and uh, a few things. I'll, I'll go over some of that with you because he had beautiful words to say about uh, St. Pope John Paul II. Before we do that, though, um, as I mentioned to you uh, at the beginning of the program, uh, thanks to all of you who are so generously responding to us Um you know, these are tough times. We understand that. Many people are out of work, uh, short on cash, but so many of you have been so generous in, in continuing your regular donations, and even we have heard from, from many new donors, which is beautiful. Thank you for that. And some of you who have been extraordinarily generous to us, we appreciate that as well. As I have shared with you, it does cost $25,000 a month to operate the entire apostolate, everything, all four radio stations, all of our technology, insurance, and all the other stuff that goes along with running uh, an operation, 25000 a month. We're hoping that we can cover each month as we move forward. We didn't have our radiothon in the spring as we usually do. Uh, I'm, we haven't set a date yet, but obviously we've not canceled it, um, probably pushing it back now to the fall. Uh, based on this situation, things still being closed down. And, and now as things gradually open up, maybe over the summer, things will get back to a sense of normalcy so we can have our Radiothon in early fall. But that means that we, what we normally would count on in, in the summer, June, July, and August, would be the funds raised during our Spring Radiothon, which would carry us through the summer. We don't have that this year. So what I'm putting out to you is help us to raise each month what we need. You know, as main steward over the apostolate, this is my job, my responsibility, is to let you know what our needs are. Our, our needs are $25,000 per month to cover all of our operating expenses. That's just to cover our operating expenses. Not to, we're not, you know, we're nonprofit. We don't make profit. We just need to cover what it costs for us to operate. So, so far this month, in the month of May, through your generosity, we're close to $18,000 for the month. So if we can raise another seven between now and the end of, of May, thanks be to God, and then we go back to the beginning, and then for June, hoping to raise 25, for July, 25, and for August, 25. I'm just throwing it out there to you, asking you to, to, to prayerfully consider doing whatever you can to keep us operating so that come then September, hopefully uh, we'll be able to have our Radiothon that will you know kind of put things back in the till and carry us over through the rest of the year and into 2021. Um, uh, just pray about that if you would. I just I just kind of keep you posted on that. You can always uh, make a donation online by going to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button and use your debit or credit card, and uh, very simple, easy way. And you can make a donation of your choice, whatever is comfortable for you. Or 
You can write to us here. You can write a check to Domestic Church Media, Domestic Church Media, and send it to us here at P.O. Box 7509. That's P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. So it's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Now, if you go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, to make an online donation or just go there, you can get all of our mailing information, contact information. It's all there at domesticchurchmedia.org. I throw it out to you, my brothers and sisters. You've always been so generous and so responsive to our pleas. Uh, As I said, we're now at a point in the month of May where uh, if we can raise another 7,000 between now and the end of this month, that'll cover May. And then we go back to the beginning and try to cover June. And then a month later, try to cover July and do it. You know what? That's the only way I see right now to do this. So we'll throw it out there and we'll uh, ask the Lord to inspire those of you, especially those of you who can make significant uh, contributions and donations. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so your gift is, is tax deductible. Uh, and it would be a, a big help in keeping this lifeline open to potentially millions of souls all over the place. Uh, keeping connected to the church, uh, and we do need it. Now, Sharon and I were talking the other day, and before we get to our, our little uh, discussion of um, Pope Francis's uh, words on John Paul, Cheryl was telling me, now she's the uh, director of music and liturgy up at St. Magdalene's in Flemington, which is the Diocese of Metuchen, um, but they have been instructed up there. Um, they're still not having public masses, but they're preparing for when the word comes down that they can have them. Of course, there'll be many restrictions one of the restrictions is they have removed from the pews the missalette and the hymnals because they would feel if they, if they left them in the pews and people use them, you can't sanitize these things after every Mass, so they're just going to remove them. So when you do go back to Mass, most likely, and I think this is kind of across the board, there will be no missalettes and there will be no hymnals. Now, Hymnals is one thing because that's up to the music department how they're going to handle that. But as far as the readings and following along, listen, all you have to do is download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app because in our mobile app, it's all things Domestic Church Media, but so much more than that. In our app, we currently have, this is nothing new. We didn't just do this because of the pandemic. We've always had this. It's been there. You have the readings of the day, the mass readings of the day, right there in your palm, on your phone. Also, the order of the mass is there, where you can follow along as you would be following a missalette if you want to pray, you know, when it comes time for the the creed and the the other prayers that we pray. It's all in there. It's all on the mobile app. We have the mass readings for every day. It's updated automatically. We have the order of the mass. I've added a hymnal. There's a virtual hymnal now on on our mobile app with the uh, words of the hymns, so you can sing along if there's music. Um, And music directors out there, think about that, because if they're taking your hymnals out of the pews and you're still going to be able to sing and want the people to sing, uh, you need them to sing from something, download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. It's all there. So spread the word about that. We're going to start promoting that because things will be different. When, When public masses begin again, Things will be different, and uh, these worship aids that are in the pews are not going to be there anymore. 
but you have them on your phone if you download the free, and it's all free, doesn't cost you a thing, Domestic Church Media mobile app. Go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, and download the app on your on your uh, Apple or Android device. It's right there. And then in the pray section of the app, there's the daily mass readings, the order of the mass, the, the uh, Catholic hymnal is in there now. We have a morning, evening, and night prayer is in there. We have saint of the day. We have uh, all kinds of wonderful resources, the catechism, the Bible. It's all there in the one, in the palm of your hand. So if you haven't, I highly encourage you, download your free Domestic Church Media mobile app. Go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, and download it. It's free. We pay for it. It's on us. We pay uh, for that every month. We have to pay a fee for you to have it for free. So but we think it's well worth it. The return is well worth it because it helps you in your worship and all the other resources that we provide. Plus, you can listen to Domestic Church Media anytime by listening live or watch any of our live programs that are on our YouTube channel. It's on there. Or any of our archive programs, our podcasts, even the, our, our video is archived on there. So you can watch. If you missed Bruce's prayer program yesterday, you could watch it. It's on there now on our mobile app. It's just free. So all these great things. Go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. All right, let's go. This is from, uh, let's see, um, is this his, oh, this is the homily from Mass, I guess. Um, Holy Father yesterday celebrated Mass at the tomb of St. John Paul II. Beautiful. And again, uh, you know, any and I've been blessed a few times now to be able to get over to Rome into St. Peter's, which, by the way, now St. Peter's Basilica is open once again to the public. Thanks be to God. Um, but yesterday, Pope Francis celebrated Mass. When you first walk in St. Peter's on the right-hand side, because that's how they have you go up and enter, right there on the right-hand side when you walk through uh, the main doors is the Pieta. Michelangelo's Pieta is there in glass. Funny thing, you know why it's in glass? Um this happened the year Cheryl and I got married, and it happened just a few days before we, we went on our honeymoon to Rome. And just a few days before that, some maniac in St. Peter's, because at the time, the Pieta was exposed. It was there. And some guy with a hammer literally went up and started to hit it and, and chipped. So then they put it under glass. Anyway, so you can see that. But right beyond that is the little side altar with the tomb of St. Pope John Paul II, and I love to go there when I go to St. Peter's and just pray. But anyway, yesterday Pope John, Paul, John, I'm sorry, Pope Francis said Mass at the tomb of St. Pope John Paul II, the hundredth anniversary of his birth. Very limited number of people there. Obviously, um, it was the first Mass open to the public after almost two months of restrictions in St. Peter's and throughout Rome and throughout Italy. The Holy Father began his homily yesterday by reminding us that God loves his people and in times of difficulty visits them by sending a holy man or a prophet. In the life of John Paul II, we can see a man sent by God, Pope Francis said, prepared by him and made bishop and pope to guide God's church. Pope Francis said, today we can say that the Lord visited his people. The Holy Father focused on three particular traits 
that marked the life of John Paul II. Three traits, prayer, closeness, and mercy. These are the three traits yesterday that uh, Pope Francis said uh, marked the life of St. Pope John Paul II. Prayer, closeness, and mercy. The Holy Father said, despite his many duties as Pope, John Paul II always found time to pray. Pope Francis said he knew well that the first task of the bishop is to pray. And the Holy Father noted that this is the teaching of St. Peter in the Acts of the Apostles. The first task of the bishop is to pray. John Paul knew this and did it, Pope Francis said. John Paul, too, was also close to the people, the Holy Father said, not detached or separated from them, but traveling the whole world to seek them out. Do you remember, those of you who, who are my age, older, or even just a little bit younger than me, remember the many travels of John Paul II. He was the most traveled pope up to that point. He just took the world by storm. He went to, to the far corners of the, of the earth as the true vicar of Christ. And Holy Father said he sought out the people, sought out the whole world. And uh, Pope Francis said already in the New Testament, we can see how God was uniquely close to his people. This closeness culminated in the incarnation when Jesus himself dwelt among his people. He said, and John Paul followed that example of Christ, the good shepherd, drawing near to both the great and the small, to those close by and to those physically far away. I'm sure I'm speaking to uh, many people right now who in uh, 1995, when Pope John Paul II came to this country, I think for the second time or third, second time, third time, second time, maybe, well, maybe third time. Um, and he came to our area. He was at Giant Stadium. He was at uh, 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 Aqueduct Racetrack. He was in Central Park, all these masses, St. Patrick's. And people here in our area had a chance to go see him. Rainy, rainy, rainy days, I remember during the, remember that was, it was, uh, I think, October of uh, 95. Uh, we were supposed to go, I still had the tickets to the Giant Stadium event. They were, they were VIP tickets, actually, because my pastor gave them to me. Uh, they were given to him by his bishop. And that night, two of our children had um, strep throat and fever and all, so we couldn't go. We, we didn't want to leave them with a the babysitter. We had to be there. Uh, so we couldn't go, but I still have, I think I still have the tickets to that event <laughs> that were never used. Um, but you remember, those of you who were there, it was rainy, rainy times. And I remember the Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, our Holy Father, and every time he was there, he'd be under the canopies and umbrellas because it was, it was pouring, and he would say, water is a sign of God's mercy. Water is a sign of God's mercy. And the, the mercy of God pouring down upon the people. And that's what Holy Father... Saint, I'm sorry, Holy Father Pope Francis said yesterday, finally, uh, Saint John Paul II was remarkable for his love of justice. But his love for justice was a desire for justice completed by mercy. And so John Paul was also a man of mercy, Pope Francis said, because justice and mercy go together. John Paul, who did so much to promote the divine mercy devotion, believed that God's justice had this face of mercy, this attitude of mercy, the Holy Father said yesterday. 
And he concluded his homily uh, with the prayer that the Lord might grant to all of us, and especially to pastors, the grace of prayer, the grace of closeness, and the grace of justice in mercy. And those are the three um, characteristics. Uh, what's the word he used? Um, traits that marked the life of John Paul II. Prayer, closeness, and mercy. And when you think about the impact that John Paul II, Pope John Paul II had on the world in his 26-year pontificate, was it the second longest pontificate in the history of the papacy? 26 years. And a time of transition. You remember when uh, John Paul II was elected our Holy Father. It was the end of the 1970s, 1978. And he was our Holy Father into the first years of the new millennium. That's a long, that's a generation, really. A generation is about 25 years, right? So he was our Holy Father for an entire generation and a time of transition. And there are wonderful, uh, there's, there's, there's uh, um, a wonderful film, if you want to watch a, a good movie, you're looking for something to do, something to watch, I'm not quite sure if you can find it on Hulu or Netflix or one of those uh, streaming services. I have the DVD, but it was a two-part two movie. The EWTN had it on, and maybe they're having it on during this, I don't know, this week or not. Um, but it stars John Voight, the actor John Voight, as the older uh, Pope John Paul II, and another younger actor who played him in his early days, who looks, again, very much like he did when he was younger, but a beautiful depiction of the man. You know, John Paul II, uh, Carol Votiva, was really an everyman, wasn't he? Because when he was growing up, uh, he suffered some tragedy in his life through the death of his of his mother and uh, his his brother, um, he lived during the, the war in Poland under the, uh, uh, under the rule of the Nazis and the underground church. Um, he was an actor, and in fact, that probably was going to be his, his, his vocation in, 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 at one point in his own mind, I guess, until he felt the call to become a priest. He had a, a girlfriend. You know, he was a poet. Um, and he, he, he was an athlete, he was a, a scholar, uh, you know, all these, it's just a well-rounded every man who, by the Holy Spirit, was elevated to the papacy in 1978, and then for 26 years led not just the church, but led the world as a true spiritual leader through many difficult times and across what he called the threshold of hope, that entrance into the 21st century. And we look back now on that papacy and feel so blessed, those of us who can say we lived through that papacy, we lived during the years, and as members of the Catholic Church were led under the, the spiritual direction and guidance and leadership of John Paul II until his death in 2005. And in those last years, how he suffered. I used to say even then, you know, if you look at a video of John Paul II in the last 
couple of years of his life when he would be having his general audiences and um, especially those when they were in um, the Pope Paul VI Hall where he would be on a platform holding on just to keep him. But he was, he was so hunched over, it was almost as if you could, you could almost see the cross on his shoulders as he was carrying the entire weight of the world upon him and, and leading the church and leading the world through some, some very challenging times. Until, as I said, his his last uh, public appearance, which I believe was the Palm Sunday, uh, before he died, where he couldn't even speak, he just did not have the ability to even speak. And uh, how sad it was for someone who was considered such a great communicator, like Mother Angelica too. You know, she too, who was such a great communicator during the course of her life and her vocation in her last years, especially the last few years, where she couldn't even speak. You know, she had those strokes that, that, that uh, debilitated her until the point where she could not even speak. Um, so we think about these, someone like Mother, but especially today as we remember uh, John Paul II as a, such a, a holy man, a great example of holiness as someone who led, as I said, not just the Catholic Church, but the entire world spiritually. Uh, we can still look back now. and You go to the Vatican website and pull up the John Paul II page. There are volumes of writings and speeches and, and homilies and messages and letters and encyclicals that you could spend the rest of your life just reading, literally spend the rest of your life just reading this from this great holy man. So we thank God for the gift of John Paul II. Thank you, Holy Father Pope Francis, yesterday for celebrating Holy Mass at the tomb and for sharing your words with us. Okay, I'll, I got to go. Um, be back tomorrow, God willing. Uh, come join us then. And uh, I pray you have a, a very, very blessed rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Rest in me.